Hey, hey y'all. Welcome to NOLA Hearts, a podcast to raise awareness about congenital heart defects and discuss resources about CHD and some other stuff. We're just two heart mamas from New Orleans doing this for heart mamas. Our dads, grandmas, aunts, friends, whoever may want to listen. That's Susan Oakwin. And that's Lana Stevens. And we feel like we've got a lot to say. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 15. 15. 15. I know. I just, every every time we record, I'm like, is it really that episode? It's flying by, y'all. It is. It is. How's, it, how's your June going? June is going. flying by. It is. I'm really sad about it. I love, I'm just, I'm just a better summer mom. Do you agree or no? I'm not sure. <laughs> I've spent... All my summer so far studying, so uh, I'm not sure I've been a good summer mom. I'm just, but I'm more fun in the summer. I do I feel, feel like. like I'm more like I don't care when you get to bed. Yes, I don't care about this. Yeah, it's go nice. have a slumber party on a Tuesday. You know, like yeah. I, I am a little more lenient as far as that goes, but I do somewhat miss. You know, what's funny is that my kids have to be at school. You know, like seven fifteen, seven thirty, and I'm I'm always on it. I'm up. Lunch is made. We're at the door. During the summer when they're sleeping and have to go to work, I'm like crawling to get to work on time at 830. And I'm like, what? I know, but sometimes we just need those, you know, know, to catch up. I just, I'm I'm always sad when the summer, some people like hate the summer, but I love it. I love it. And I'm sad to see it end. You know. You know what I'm always famous for, too? I think I'd love it a lot more if I was independently wealthy and all I did was travel. Well, me too. Me too. Me too. However, what I love about summer is that. I always come April say I'm gonna get that done this summer, <laughs> and then what and actually happens? August, is, I'm like, damn, I never I did didn't that. Do anything this summer because June came, July went, and here we are back in school in August. Here we are putting on new uniforms. That's taking right, taking back to school photos. Anyway, we're wrapping up June. Our June episode. We had three episodes in June this month. We did, and um, we tried to highlight dads. Yes, so we're gonna continue our day. our dad um, series this month. Yes, I'm excited about our guest today. We have Dr. Frank Pagula from Children's Hospital, who is the um, chief of pediatric cardiothoracic surgery, and he's the co-director for the Heart Center. But more importantly than all those titles, he is a heart dad himself. And so we thought it would be interesting to interview him because I'm sure he has a different perspective being a heart dad and that being his career. He probably... You know, has a very interesting experience with it. I think so too. I'm excited. So we hope y'all enjoy and happy Father's Day, everybody. Hope y'all had a good month. Alrighty. So welcome to Dr. Frank Pagula, who is the chief of pediatric cardiothoracic surgery and the co-director of the Heart Center at Children's Hospital. But most importantly, he is a heart dad. So welcome to Dr. Pagula. Um, can you tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, how you got to New Orleans? Well, well, uh, first off, thank you. For, um, it's great being with you this morning. I appreciate it. Um, how I got to New Orleans? Well, I did most of my uh, growing up and training up in the Northeast. Um, spent um, 13 years in Boston, at Boston Children's, and then uh, came here by way, really, of Orlando. Um, and... Uh, I came here because I saw the vision that the hospital had, the administration, the clinical leadership, and it was pretty exciting. And so I wanted to be part of that. And you've been with Children's for how long now? Six months. Oh, we got you a fresh new world. Yeah, yeah, I'm a newbie, very new. What do you think about the city so far? Well, you know, we're, we're really starting to, to learn about the city. It's been closed down with COVID quite a bit, um, but 
um, you know, we're just starting to make our forays out into exploring different neighborhoods, areas, um, and we hope to continue doing that. Uh, I promise you we're way more fun, not in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> sure. right. So tell us a little about your heart warrior. Uh, well, yeah, we have a son with, with uh, congenital heart disease. Uh, he, uh, he's 25 now. Um, you know, he, uh, he has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. We learned about that when he was about seven years old. Um, and, you know, we knew he had a murmur, but uh, most murmurs in children or many murmurs in children are benign and a good pediatrician can kind of really tell the difference. <clears throat> um, and we thought his was benign uh, until he got to be about five or seven years old. We got an echo and, and found a diagnosis. So. so you were already working in this field when this happened? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, I was in this field when he was born. So I can imagine that was kind of a yeah sticker shock was, there. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you know too much um, as a... Uh, mm as a uh, specialist in the area. Um, and you, what we see is the worst of the worst, you know, right. we don't see patients when they're at their best. So right. that's always a, an added, um, kind of an added anxiety provoking situation, you know? So is that, no, it, are murmurs typically worse than they appear to be? Like did, did y'all, ex- I mean, I know you said that to a trained physician, you would, yeah. you would know, but were you surprised? Well, murmurs, you know, murmurs, all a murmur is, is, is just, um, it's a noise that the heart makes and it makes it because there's an acceleration of blood flow and it can be a benign, there are benign causes for murmurs. And then obviously there are important causes for murmurs. And, you know, I'm not, I'm a surgeon, I'm not a, a cardiologist, but they can oftentimes pick out the most likely ones, you know, I mean, his, his form of heart disease. And as you know, heart disease in general is really pretty uncommon. It's the most common form of birth defect, but it's still one to two percent of the population right. by birth. So it's pretty low. Um, so the vast majority of murmurs, just like the vast majority of chest pains that cardiologists see in children, are benign causes. Um, but I think more and more now, with the uh, with our ability to um, do non-invasive imaging with echo, uh, the availability of echo. Um, you know, I think that's becoming less and less of an issue. Yeah. We always talk about how just, we're just so intrigued with how much, how fast medicine and technology is. I feel like it's so different from when Henry was born 12 years ago. And almost 16 years ago here. So it's like a whole other lifetime ago of medicine, it seems like. Yeah, no, things really, really, um, especially in congenital cardiac disease, right? I mean, 50 years ago, we weren't, doing any of these things right within our lifetime gosh and 50 years ago wasn't long ago no (laughs) (laughs) all the time uh you know and and, you know for instance with hypoplastic left heart syndrome you know before that that uh, norwood operation came out and that was developed in boston with bill norwood and um you know and that was the late 80s (laughs) before that the the one month's survival of those babies was five percent wow 95% 95% were dead in, in a month. And now, you know, there's an 80 to 85% survival. Yeah. So it's just totally flipped the dynamic on, on that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So there've been some really, some good success stories. Absolutely. 
So I have a question. Having a, a heart child, did that change how you approach parents as a physician in this field? Well, you know, honestly, I don't tell them. Uh, you know, that's not usually part of our topic of conversation. I, I think it allows me to anticipate some of their questions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, one of the things that uh, I think is really important for me um, is the issue of trust, you know, because I knew that that was really important for me um, when my son was was um, undergoing treatment, undergoing surgery. Um, and I think that that's a very important, um, valuable thing that you can develop with parents. So from my point of view, and it's not just trust in me or the surgeons, trust in the system, you know, everybody that's involved in the care. And I think that's really, uh, that's a very important thing that I try to foster all the time because most of the time things go great. Sometimes they don't. And if you don't have a, a trust factor built in, you really, um, it's very hard to get out of those situations. And trust is so important. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, think I that- feel like we talked about this on our last episodes. We had our husbands on the last episode and yeah. they, they kind of said the same thing. Like you got to trust the process. And, you know, I mean, as I didn't even know anything other than a heart murmur, until Henry got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. And so you do have to trust the process. I would agree with that. But I, I was wondering if it was harder because like you said, sometimes you know too much when you're trained in that field. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when my son had his surgery, you know, I was in Boston at the time and, you know, we've got, obviously it's a great program in Boston, but I couldn't stay in Boston. And not because you wouldn't have gotten great care. It was because, you know, I couldn't, of course I you know, I had to kind of take a step back from everything and be a parent rather than a doctor. I can imagine that. Um, Yeah. And, and the other thing is I couldn't have put my partners in that position either. Wow. Hmm. Operating on my child. Right. That wouldn't have been fair. Yeah. Um, That would have been tough. God forbid something didn't go well. Um, So that was one of the reasons I I didn't stay. That was really the reason I didn't stay there because it, it, it was too close to home. I think I think that that's a a good reason <laughs> yes, right there. I would agree with that. Um, I, I am intrigued that you feel like you you don't share that with your patients, which obviously that is totally that's not you're not required to share that with your patients. But I'm just I'm just interested. I would be interested to know what your patients how they would re- I think they would respond. Um, kind of like you said, like oh that flips the script a little bit for me. Like oh. This, yeah. this makes him a little bit more human than what I was seeing. <laughs> yeah. We know you're human, but, you know, sometimes parents, they just need that little extra and, you know, might it, it just something interesting for parents to hear. But you do kind of, I feel like I, uh, I somewhat idolized my, my doctors and surgeons because I was amazed by the size of Henry's heart and what they were able to do with it when they fixed his yeah. transposition. So you feel like they're kind of like, you know, I mean, they are above you because their intelligence level is so much higher than mine. But, well, you know, you it's nice that. sometimes to know that y'all are human, too, though. Well, let me let me give you a, let me give you some insight. We don't really think that much of ourselves. <laughs> you should. You should. Y'all do amazing things. That's for sure. Well, I've had well, parents. That's one of their questions sometimes is, you know, how do you operate on such a little baby with such big hands? I don't have big hands by, <laughs> you know, normal standards, but um 
that's that's really one of the questions they have. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that I mean, my daughter's had three open heart surgeries and um, involving two different surgeons, and every time he he would come out. I, I needed to, I wanted to touch and hold his hand. Like I'm, I'm just intrigued by the hands too. It's very common. So weird, huh? That weird thing that we're into. <laughs> Let me see your hands. No, no, there's, 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 uh, there's, there's others, but. <laughs> so let me ask your child that does have CHD. Was he your oldest? Who's a twin? No. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have, um, uh, uh, our oldest is now 27, um, going on 28, and uh, Ben um, is 25, and he's got a twin sister. Okay. Sure. Hey, one of my twins is a Benjamin, is a Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so Henry's twin brother is Benjamin. Oh. Um, but I didn't, I didn't realize the, tw- I guess I must have missed that with Ty. I remember her talking about twins, but I didn't realize the twin was the one. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So um, for those listening, just to kind of refer back, we did interview um, Dr. Pugula's wife on episode 12. Um, Diane is part of Conquering CHD Louisiana. We really enjoyed. So anybody that's wondering about that wants to go back and listen to that episode is episode 12. And she was a joy to have as well. We love the work that Conquering CHD was doing as a side note. But um, <laughs> she did tell us uh, that he was a twin. And I felt like I was the odd man out because I was the only person on the call without a twin. <laughs> Okay, so well, my question asking that was um, because you did have kids before. Did having a sick child change your view of fatherhood, or how you looked at your children, or? Um, you know, not really. I mean, uh, as any parent, um, you know, if you could change places with them, you would. You know, um, but um, I think that for us. <clears throat> It was really kind of important that um, we treat him as normally as possible. We want him to be normal. We want him to feel normal. He is normal. He's got a problem. We have to manage it. Um, but it shouldn't define you, um, you know, and it shouldn't define him. And so that's kind of been our message. And we've tried to do that uh, to the best of our ability, you know, of course, um, you know, Diane probably won't admit to the sleepless nights, uh, as, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> For um, sure. But, but that, you know, as you know, it's something you live with all the time. Yeah, we do. You know, we uh, we talked about that with our husbands too, because I'm much more of a verbal person, and my husband is not. You know, and he's like, you speak enough for both of us (laughs) to talk about it. But he says the same thing is his big thing is to make sure that Henry feels as normal as he can. And, you know, I think we all do a really great job with that. So, I mean, our kids are nonstop and they're just super resilient and awesome. Well, you know, and they'll surprise you. Yep. They're stronger than you think. Yeah, they I'm are. sure you tell that to parents often. As, <laughs> you know, when when you're in it and you're in that ICU and you feel so helpless, it's kind of like parents have a hard time seeing that they're ever going to come out of this. And so I'm sure that you're able to say you have no idea how fast this is going to go by and he or she will be out of here in no time. Yeah. Is there um if you had any piece of advice to give another CHD dad, what would what would it be? As a dad. As a dad, not, not a doctor. as a surgeon. <laughs> Um, you know, honestly, I, I think that uh, um, part of it is trying to be there, you know, for me, it was for my wife, you know, 
um, trying to be there for her. Um, and um, I think that was the most important thing and that, that we're kind of together on that, you know, and, um, you know, we lean on each, lean on each other that way. Um, so, you know, I found that, that very helpful. Um, that was the most important thing. And I, I think that's one of the things that as a profession, um, you know, we're very good at really at focusing on the problem at hand, the baby with the heart disease or the problem. And, uh, <clears throat> You know, I've been doing this long enough to know that uh, the stress on the families is astronomical. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes they don't survive that stress. Yeah, you're right. We've we've talked about that, too. I'm, I'm actually very um, interested in, in looking at that research of yeah, families I think, long term. I think it's really important because, you know, a lot, some of these things are chronic. They're manageable, but they're chronic. And, um, you know, and these are you know, childbearing families or young families, um, they may or may not have means or, you know, educational resources, things like that. And I think that's really not, not, not to give a plug to CCHD, but I think that's one of the reasons they're, they're very helpful because they focus on the family. I agree. Um, and, uh, you know, we see it, we see it all the time. So I really, I really think that as a field, you know, we get so um, consumed and focused on the anatomic problem at hand, which we need to do, but I think we need to broaden our understanding of really who we're treating. It's not just the baby, but there's, there's gotta be some family um, support uh, to get them through this because, you know, we, we're going to send the baby home. Right. And we want to send them home to a home that's good for them. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like you said, they're just that babies. And so they're, they're not remembering this. It's, it's the trauma of mom, dad, siblings that are, yeah. going to be feeling it at the time. So that is important. I agree with that. Yes, for sure. Is there anything else um, that, you know, kind of like one final thing you wanted to put out there to the C- to our listeners, at, whether it be as a father or as, or as a surgeon? Well, I, I, I guess it's both, uh, it's both. And that would be that, um, you know, we've talked about some really pretty significant severe forms of heart disease here and what we're talking about, but uh, as you pointed out, there's been a lot of progress and a lot of these things, we don't necessarily cure them, but they can be managed. And people, the fastest growing population of patients with heart disease are adults with heart disease. Now there's more adults alive with congenital heart disease than there are kids. Yeah. And that's because the treatments have been, you know, have come along. There's been real progress over the last two or three decades so these problems, be, rather than becoming, you know, a death sentence, become a manageable problem that you have to deal with over time. So, um, you know, I think sometimes parents get a diagnosis, and, and I, I get this very, very commonly, uh, a prenatal diagnosis of a heart disease. And the first thing people do is go to Google, which is normal. And, um, but the, the reason I sit down and talk with parents is to put it in perspective because Google will give you the worst of the worst. It's an incredibly broad spectrum of congenital heart diseases. They're all unique and figuring out where you are in that spectrum, either really severe or, you know what, this isn't so bad. Um, Parents are much more reassured by having that information of what it most likely means for them and going forward rather than what it means in general. So, So I think my message would be that um, there's 
there's a lot of good treatments and a lot of good ways to manage these even severe problems. And it's not hopeless. Definitely not hopeless. No. Do you, um, just what Sue and I's experience, and I think a lot of um, heart parents experience, do you draw for patients? Like, do oh, you yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Don't love to draw. Huh? I love a show and tell. I love a drawing. I do. <laughs> I'm a fan of the drawing. I, I'm more like a stick figure drawer, but oh, okay. uh, yeah, I do draw. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should be able to read echoes by now. Like, I, I feel like I could go work in y'all's department doing that because I've seen so many. Yet still, yet no. still, I, yet still, I look at it like this. Remember that episode of Friends <laughs> with Rachel and Ross looking at the baby? I don't see it. <laughs> and so I feel like every time I'm like, oh, that's a vow. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not even the same side of the heart we're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, well, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Really, and, and again, thank you for your work. I really appreciate the time and, and chatting with you. And, and uh, Me too. We hope that we cross paths again. Children's Hospital is super lucky to have you, Dr. Pagula. Yes, they are. Welcome to New Orleans. Thank you, yeah. lady. Call us. We know where to get all the good food. All right. We, is that we a food referral? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. You have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Dr. Pagula. It was great having you on this morning and great getting your perspective on being a heart dad as well as that being your profession. I really so, enjoyed. I think that it was nice to have that connection of the two of them. We don't yes. see that often. No. No, we sure don't. You know, that's always one of those Another things. twin. I know. I know. We're going to have a whole episode on twins. I guarantee you. Because there's got to be more to that. You the, think? I think. I don't know. I'm, I just think that that's one of those things where, you know, not to get religious on here or anything but I've always I always like to call those things a god wink and I feel like that's a god wink like that's the that's the field that this man decided to go into and then this came about just stars align kind of thing you know all right um so for everybody out there please share your personal stories with us if you have any um experience with CHD whether it's yourself your child your grandchild your sibling we would love to hear your story. And you could email it to us at nolahots at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at nolahots.com. Not dot com. Not dot com. <laughs> you know what I meant. They knew what I meant. They knew what I meant. They knew. Instagram and Facebook at nolahots. <laughs> um, also, um, we would love if you would share our podcast. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us. You can share our podcast via social media. You can actually share each individual episode, um, or you could just share, you know, whatever the title is on that that Apple Podcast or whatever, wherever you're listening to it. Um, we find that referrals have been our best um, for people to say, so-and-so told me to listen to your podcast and I've really enjoyed it. It's been great to get feedback from other families. So thank you to everyone who already has shared. We're looking forward to our next episode. Don't forget, there's no judgment here. It's all about survival. Cheers. Cheers.